All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Back in Calgary, it is a Battle of Alberta Elimination Day. What's better than that? It's Thursday, May 26th, day 25 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Welcome in to the Daily Faceoff show. We're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com as well as Twitter and YouTube. He is former NHL netminder, Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. What's going on, Mike? How you doing? Man, I'm still pretty amped up over that Colorado-St. Louis game last night. We're going to talk more in depth about it, but if you don't wake up with a smile on your face as a hockey fan this morning, maybe not a Blues fan, but as a hockey fan, something's wrong with you. It was great hockey last night, Frank. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, only one game on the slate on Wednesday night, and it certainly did not disappoint. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's drop the puck with that. The St. Louis Blues stay alive. How? Not entirely sure. They were down 3 nothing in Game 5, their season on the line. They're able to not only come back from that, but an otherworldly goal from Nathan McKinnon with 2 minutes and 47 seconds left. Mike, in an odd way, as you know, uh, Ball Arena erupts there in Denver, and you've got the fans going crazy, throwing hats on the ice, were the Blues able to take that time that, you know, they were collecting the hats from this Nathan McKinnon goal and regroup themselves. How were they able to send that game to overtime before Tyler Bozak won it? 
Well, you know, if anything, it did let the blues just calm down a little bit and let the gravity of the moment sink in. And it gives like anytime you get scored on in that fashion late in a game after you've just had a big comeback like St. Louis, they were down three nothing at one point in this game, Frank. And they didn't score until late in the second period when Tarasenko found the back of the net for the first time in the series. And it gave St. Louis life. But man. They were really in one like St. Louis was really hurting it, but they fought to get back. And all of a sudden, here's a backbreaking goal from Nathan McKinnon. And look at him rev it up through the neutral zone, man. This is gross. But I think that that break actually did help the Blues because they were able to draw up a six on five play that they wanted to do. They spread across the ice. Assistant coach Steve Ott uh, was able to diagram the players exactly what to do. And they were able to pull it off, get the game to four to four uh, on a late goal. And I tell you what, Frank, I just... I was surprised at how resilient St. Louis was because midway through that game, man, I, I thought it was all over. And St. Louis got big performances. Look at Nick Letty, three assists. Robert Thomas finds the back of the net twice. I mean, Thomas had, listen, Thomas was minus seven through four games with three shots on goal and zero points. Six shots on goal and two goals scored in this game, Frank. Huge difference maker for St. Louis. They needed him. Yeah, and I love the story. Tyler Bozak getting the game winner in OT. Three goals on the season, played fewer than seven minutes in the game, barely played in the third period, gets a shift in overtime, is able to take advantage, and he's also got some cash on the line, Mike. He's got a bonus coming his way if the St. Louis Blues can somehow survive and win the second-round series. So uh, he's got something to play for in addition to trying to chase a second Stanley Cup in St. Louis. Bozak, what a story. The Blues... I don't know. What kind of chance do you give them to make it all the way back to force a game seven? Well, I've to game seven. I don't know. I mean, it's one day at a time. The Blues winning the series. I still think that that's a really tall task. Um, but coming back home to St. Louis for game six, they've got a chance to do it, Frank. And if Colorado plays as passive as they did in the third period, trying to protect the lead. I don't know if Colorado can do it. Both of these teams have to dictate play. If St. Louis can do that on, on tomorrow in tomorrow night's game then they do have a chance to get it to seven. Yeah, you know, the prevent defense never really seems to work either in the NFL or in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that brings us to Nathan McKinnon. And I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, Mike, in, in salivating over what could be if the Abs and the Oilers both win their closeout games. But if we've got McKinnon versus McDavid, the freak of nature the force of nature in McKinnon versus the freak of nature in McDavid. I, I just, our heads are going to explode in the Western conference final. So we'll settle that down. But McKinnon, you know, I also wonder too, you know, watching that goal and as ridiculous as it was, you mentioned revving through the neutrals. And there are a few amazing moments for him, the old beaver tail and the first goal, just slamming his stick on the ice, trying to call for attention there. <laughs> um, but when you look at McKinnon and I, I just wonder are the abs second round demons, are they a real thing? Like they've lost three times in a row in the second round. It's almost like it feels like the second round a little bit. And I wouldn't have said that before they blew that game five. They blew a two game series lead against the Vegas Golden Knights last year. And they just, they struggled to break through the frustration that was on McKinnon's face last year at, at locker cleanout day saying, you know, I've been in this league how many years now and I have nothing to show for it haven't won anything. I feel like that's a real thing when you have an opportunity to close out a team. 
It's a hard thing to win. There's 32 teams in the league. It's not easy. But with this lineup, Colorado should be in the finals, man. I, I, there's no way around it. Like They're so deep. Um, and it, it's not just McKin- like McKinnon had been off the score sheet for this series, Frank. He hadn't scored a goal. And he comes out with this type of performance, scores three. Every single goal is with his feet going downhill. He's stick handling in a phone booth at 23 miles an hour, 60% in the faceoff circle. What was big about this game is that he beat Ryan O'Reilly in the head-to-head matchup, and that hadn't happened yet. But like you said, if Colorado can't take this past this game from last night and learn from it and realize that they just have to play their game and stick to it, and that is that, and let the chips fall, they're not going to get past the second round again, which they should. But I think that this is just another learning curve for them, that once they get past, it should be fine. But uh, they get work to do tomorrow night in St. Louis. Yeah, they do. And I just love the way you said that about McKinnon. Stick handling in a phone booth at 23 miles an hour. Pretty incredible stuff from him. Looking forward to seeing what he can do in game six in St. Louis on the road. So let's take a look at uh, game five, New York Rangers, Carolina Hurricanes, series tied 2-2. It's going back to Carolina. And the Canes, 6-0 and at home in the playoffs, 0-5 on the road. And they're in a spot where they just win their home games, they win the series. But it feels like at some point, one of those streaks is going to end. Either Carolina is going to lose at home, or they're going to find a way to somehow win on the road at MSG. Which one do you think is more likely? I think it's probably lose at home, unfortunately. Uh, I think Carolina has just struggled so bad on the road that I'm not sure how they turn it around other than what I've diagnosed is I think that it all revolves around the power play for Carolina. Now, I mean, at home, they've played four games. They've scored six power play goals in the playoffs. On the road, they've scored one. They've allowed one shorthanded goal against in five games. Like you, you got to look at your best players on the road to get it done. And I'm looking squarely at Ajo and Teravainen, but especially at Trocek. Like he's had 12 shots in four games and he's on a six game pointless streak. Like you need more from your player that way. And, and I think that's why Carolina to me is kind of ripe to lose one at home because they just haven't been good at all on the road, like at all. And I haven't seen signs of life there where I think the Rangers uh, have been able to play well enough to try to get one uh, in their direction in Carolina. And, you know, they found some holes lately. Like Rance's looked human and Shashurkin's been so good, Frank. Like uh, I'm not sure that Carolina's going to be able to break through, especially at MSG. Yeah, but Carolina's also been unbeatable at home. It's amazing how they've been a different team. When you look at Igor Shesterkin and his game, you take a look at his numbers here, 959 save percentage in this round. Are you comfortable in saying that he's back to the level that he was at in the regular season and the first round was just a blip, or do you have a little bit of cause for concern? No, I think he's right there. You know, I only thought that he had two poor games in the first round, which is magnified, right? I mean, it's a seven-game series. If you have two bad games, it's it, it can kind of predicate how you look and how you performed. Um, but you throw those two out the window, and every time Shishjurkin faces a decent load of shots, every time he's faced more than 30 shots in a game, he's won, 6-0, and oh, like, except for the 80-whatever shot overtime game in game one. Okay, so under 65 minutes, he wins those games. Um, the biggest thing I think for Carolina, though, is that they haven't done a good enough job of making Shesterkin uncomfortable. And I think Pittsburgh did a really good job of that. They were in and around the crease, you know, little bumps, traffic. Pittsburgh was good about that. Carolina needs to do more because Shesterkin on clean shots, clean net drives, 
He's the best in the world at it. They're going to have to make his life a little bit more difficult because it took him a while to adjust to that type of game against Pittsburgh. You know who else needs more? The Calgary Flames. They've mm-hmm. got to find a way in this Battle of Alberta. Game 5, Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, puck drop. Mike, when you take a look at what's unfolded in this series, it's sort of been the exact opposite of what we expected. We were thinking Calgary for team, better goaltending. It's been Mike Smith, who's been the better goaltender this series. His gaffes and and game one, notwithstanding, his numbers are actually still really good in these playoffs. And I just wrote a big story about Mike Smith today and the way that he's battled, Schmitty battles. He's uh, He's been excellent for the Edmonton Oilers, especially in finding a way to bounce back after making those big mistakes. But from the Calgary perspective, and we'll dive into that a little bit more as well uh, with Pat Steinberg in a second uh, here on the All-32. He'll join us from the Saddle Dome. I just want to keep an eye on on the Oilers side before we bring in Pat. Mike, you know, what's impressed you about Mike Smith and his game? You know, you've talked about some of the fundamental changes that he's made over the years, sitting back deeper in the net. But also what impresses me way more than that, and, and not just the fact that everyone's counted him out at seemingly every turn. How often have we seen, Mike, the, the questions this year about Edmonton's goaltending? And first it was whether Smith's body can withstand the rigors of an NHL season anymore mm-hmm. at age 40. Or recently it's been, you know, is he tired? It's been question after question. And yet even with the mistakes, he's found a way to persevere mentally that I think has perhaps maybe been the most impressive. He's faced an awful lot in his career, Frank, and he's played for some really bad teams in Arizona. He's had to fight for the net in Tampa Bay before he was even there. And then he's gone to he's played in Calgary. Now he's in Edmonton. Like you think there's a little chip on his shoulder wanting to go back and beat your old club? Of course there is. And, you know, for me, Mike Smith's just the ultimate gamer, man. Like you can say that somebody wants to battle and you can hear it. But when you actually see it. He's so invested. And and I really believe that his game is built for playoffs, Frank. Playing a little bit deeper, trusting that your teammates are going to be able to take away uh, take away rush chances and seam passes and keep shots to the outside. It's given Smith a chance to perform. And you're like, you look at his career stats, man. He's got a 931 career save percentage in playoffs. And this season, he has a 931 career save percentage in playoffs. Like, could you want any more consistency? You won't get it. Um, and, and I think really when you look at Smith in general, he's been a catalyst for his team, man. His puck handling and his resiliency. Dude, he allowed a field goal the other night. And it's a fluke <laughs> play. It's a total fluke, man. And everybody just probably looked at that and went, well, what can we do? Like, you can't blame a dude on that, you know? And and it didn't phase him. And, and that's really, to me, when you look at a team and whether they believe in their goaltender, that's a perfect example because Edmonton came right back and did what they needed to to get the win in that game. Rasmus Anderson almost scored from Red Deer, Mike. That's how far away it was, 132 <laughs> Red. And yet, in this case, well, it, it was a goal that almost everyone will remember but was rendered meaningless because the Calgary Flames weren't able to take advantage of that. Let's now go to Pat Steinberg and talk all 32 with the Calgary Flames. Pleased to welcome back to the Daily Faceoff Show, Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960. He's live down the street at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome as the Flames and Oilers are going through their paces, getting set for Game 5 of this battle. Uh, all 32 segment is delivered by DoorDash. Pat, 
Want to get a little vibe check from you. Stop us if you've heard this story before. The Calgary Flames players need to be their best players in playoff time. I thought they'd sort of exercise their demons a little bit in round one. Some signature performances. Johnny Gaudreau in game seven. Matthew Kachuk comes back in game one of this round with a hat trick. And yet the Flames' two 100-point producers have not been producing much in this series. What are you seeing? Yeah, they uh, uh, more than anything else, Kent, they're just getting outplayed by Edmonton's top players. I mean, you see what Drysaddle, McDavid, Kane, and what they're doing, and you take a look at Calgary's top producers, and they're not getting the job done the same way. You know, Johnny Gaudreau's production has fallen off after that 9-6 crazy game one. Matthew Kachuk, the same thing. Elias Lindholm scored that big power play goal in game four to kind of start the comeback, the unsuccessful comeback to the Flames. But look, if, if the Flames are going to want to win a game, okay, maybe these guys don't need to be the driving force. But if the Flames want to win this series, if they want to win three straight against Edmonton, yeah, they're going to need at least one game where their best players are their best players. And I think it goes beyond the three guys that you see right there. I think it also translates to Jacob Markstrom. Uh, I think Markson's been the second-best goaltender in this series. You compare him to what you guys are just talking about with Mike Smith in that for Edmonton. And I think that even Edmonton's blue line has outplayed Calgary's. And, and Chris Tanev returned in Game 4, and I thought he was their best defenseman in Game 4. But their top pairing of Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin, which was one of the most um, used pairings and, and the pairing that saw some of the most ice time together, in the NHL during the regular season, it hasn't been up to the standard they need to be. So I think the the top line absolutely needs to take a step forward, and some of their other top players in other positions need to step it up as well if they're going to want to, A, extend this series, and B, give themselves a chance to win this series. You know, Calgary pushed pretty hard in Game 4, and I thought that was a fairly even game. They didn't end up on the right side. It didn't help to be down 3 nothing after the first period. Um, but I'm starting to have concerns about the team speed of Calgary against Edmonton, especially when you're trying to contain McDavid. And looking at the centermen for the Calgary Flames, okay, we've got Lindholm, Backlund, Yornkrook. Like, which of those three do you think is best suited to be able to shut down McDavid? Because it hasn't happened so far in this series. To me, one of those three in their line has to get it done tonight. Well, and, and the easy answer is backward. And in, in prior times where the Flames have had success against McDavid, it's been backward and whoever he's playing with that have gotten the job done. Before it was Backlund with Kachuk and Frolik or Backlund and Manjapani and Kachuk. And now it's Backlund with Manjapani and Blake Coleman on the right side. And the interesting thing about this series has been whether it be here at the Saddledome or Rogers Place in Edmonton, Daryl Saddle has not chased matchups. And he has been comfortable putting out whoever against the McDavid line. And, you know, we've seen a lot of the Lindholm line against McDavid, which has not turned out to be a great matchup for Calgary. And we've seen a little bit of the back end of the Yarncroke line. And even at times that Trevor Lewis line, the number four line has seen some time, time against McDavid. And, and part of that will happen when Connor McDavid plays 20 to 27 minutes. Now, he's played less because the Oilers haven't needed him as much, especially if you go back to game three, he played less in the third period. But if it's me, I'm putting that back in line out primarily against McDavid. He's had success shutting McDavid or containing McDavid before. 
those guys of Manjapani and Coleman have good skill sets to be able to do that. There's good speed on that line, good two-way presence on that line. That's who I would be looking at if, if I'm there. So, Pat, we asked you about the idea of the Flames players being their best players, but one of the other things about this series that's been odd has been the depth that hasn't been there for Calgary as well. And one of the things that's also really surprised me is just how quiet that third line has been. You know, Dylan Dubé was, I thought, a guy made for the playoffs, a chance, you know, to really show his stuff in this playoffs, and, and he hasn't done it to this point. And I'm also really surprised at Tyler Toffoli. You know, what, what's happened? What are you seeing from that line? He's made a lot of uncharacteristic decisions and turnovers, especially for a guy that's such a smart player. Yeah, Toffoli's the one that has been the most surprising to me, guys. He, I think part of it is, in a series like this, especially to Mike's point about the foot speed and how quick Edmonton plays, that's not Toffoli's strength. And, and I think that that has shown at different times in this series. Um, and, and he's been behind it. So I think that's part of what we're seeing with Toffoli. But you're right. It's not just that. Like, there's uncharacteristic mistakes. And he's, he's not converting from spots that he usually converts from. And that line has not really been much of a driver. Like, I think Yarncroke's game is fine. He's been responsible defensively, a good penalty killer. But there's not a lot of offense there. Dylan Dubé... His, his speed has translated well to the playoffs, and I think he's been noticeable in this series at times, but has one assist in 11 playoff games to this point. So that's a line, like we talk a lot about secondary scoring, and it's interesting because the Backland line has been the best line for Calgary in this series. The Lindholm line, as we talked about, needs to step it up. And those bottom three lines, the Yarncroke and the Lewis lines, have not been as good as they were in round one against Dallas either. So... The Oilers are beating the Flames when it comes to the top players and, and the advantage they have there. But they also have gotten, I think, better performances up and down the lineup from their depth players. Save the backland line for Calgary. You know, their their bottom three lines haven't been as good. So that's another thing that, you know, if, the, if we talked about the depth or the potential depth advantage the Flames had coming into this series, well, it hasn't shown as of yet. And now with no margin for error, it's, it's probably time for that to show through. No margin for error, and Daryl Sutter, a man of few words on Wednesday, saying, quite quite frankly, I need more. We'll see if he can get more. Game 5, Battle of Alberta, elimination game, should be awesome at the Saddle Dome on Thursday night. Thanks so much to Pat Steinberg for joining us. Excellent insight as usual. You can listen to Pat on Sportsnet 960, Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time and also uh, as part of the Calgary Flames broadcast on Sports Set 960 as well. Thanks so much to Pat. This has been another edition of the All 32 delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen, D-F-O-D-D. If you're in Canada, D-F-O-D-D-U-S. If you're in the United States, that gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. Two games on the slate, two critical games in these series. You don't want to cook all your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. Hit us up on Twitter. Ask us your questions. Mike, my question for you, who's had the best individual performance in the playoffs this year? One game, single game. It's been uh, an interesting spring in the sense that we've had eight hat-tricks so far in the playoffs. And mm. 
That's double the number that we had last year. We're not even halfway there yet. There's only four in 2021. There were six in 2020 and another four in 2019. So a trend has been going up. Lots of hat tricks. Who stood out to you? Well, we could stick on hat tricks. We could look at recency bias with what McDave or with McKinnon did last night, which was unbelievable hat trick and an assist for Colorado. But for me, it's what Connor McDavid did in Game Seven uh, against the LA Kings in the in the first round. I mean, you talk about putting a game on your back. Like he played 27 minutes that game. He's forced to do way more than he has due to injuries, due to other circumstances. Has a huge goal, a primary assist, and he just to me. It put a stamp on that series and himself as a player defensively as well, Frank. He's playing 200 feet. He had four hits that game as well. He carried his club. And to me, that was a big stamp for the Edmonton Oilers. What do you have? Well, it's really funny because, you know, people who watch the Oilers closely, and I asked this question the other day, I said, which game has been McDavid's best in the postseason? They would actually say game six against the Kings. So you Mm -hmm. say game seven. I would argue that it was maybe game three of the second round. Like it's, it's a fun debate and he's been absolutely yeah. ridiculous this postseason. And it's another reason why I'm not willing to bet against the Oilers in game five, as they have the chance to close it out. I feel like Connor McDavid's going to take every opportunity to make sure that they don't have to stretch the series out can maybe even get a little bit rest as, as well. Uh, when you, when I think of a best individual single game performance, it's going to be uh Jake Ottinger, Game 7 uh, nice. in Calgary. He made the entire Holy Saddle Dome nervous. That performance was, yeah. It's I do get uh, some benefits from the goalie union there, as, uh, as you are a member. And uh, nice to have you on side. But nice to pick a goalie, even though it was a losing effort. I thought you mentioned um, Connor McDavid putting a stamp uh, on that series for the Edmonton Oilers. To me, that was uh, Ottinger's stamp in terms of making his presence known around the NHL as not just a a top flight goaltender with potential, but also as a big game goaltender as well. I think that's going to serve him really well in his career. And I love his reaction afterwards saying, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that we're not in this same spot next season. Yeah. And I'll give you a little insight on Ottinger. Uh, when I was in Dallas's organization, he was a prospect there and they were thinking about getting him out of school early and they have always loved his mental makeup they've always thought he was mentally ready the rest of his game needed to follow suit and now he's the total package yeah it really makes you rethink use the idea of using a first round pick on goaltenders changed my opinion on it if you can find a special one in the last few years and i think teams certainly will have as well with the impact that goalies make every facet of your team's game let's get to our daily face-off daily bet segment with your own truck have you heated up at all in the playoffs well, last night was a good night. And before I get into my picks, I actually want to throw it back. I think we have the clip teed up of yes, the end of yesterday's betting segment. Taking Nathan McKinnon to score. Frank, I told you we are getting a signature McKinnon moment. I think it comes tonight. And plus 120 is a good price point. He hasn't scored in the first four games of the series. And I just think Nathan McKinnon is too talented and too good in the playoffs to be held out of the goal column once again. So McKinnon at plus 120 to score and over six and a half in Colorado, St. Louis. The McKinnon goal would make me feel good. I, if he still falls short, I had the over two uh, and a half on McKinnon goals in the series. Yeah. And when you look at the five that he scored in round one in just four games, I was like, oh man, this is cake. Yeah. It, it never is. They always make you sweat. In some yeah. weird way, if I'm going to lose, I'd almost rather him not score at all. 
than to score one or two and fall short. Yeah, you don't want him to tease you. Yeah. But I, maybe we get a Nathan McKinnon game five hat trick. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's not out of the question by any yeah. stretch of the imagination, <laughs> especially with the number of hat tricks we've I mean, come Whoa. on, right? Like, boys, we nailed it. Boys, this is, this is it. it. This is it right here. Pretty, Look, pretty, just pretty, pumping pretty the good. tires. Look at that. Look at him go. Back slapping, <laughs> bumping tires. <laughs> good work, fellas. You were I'm on not going to lie. There may, or, there may or may not have been an eruption in a Cal- Calgary tavern as I was watching that game on Wednesday <laughs> night. I I was uh, – when that it, it wasn't just getting the hat trick. It was also the way in which he did it, Tyler. Yeah, it was uh, absolutely insane. And of course, bet on it. We hit the over last night, 2-0, and looking to roll that into some success tonight. So let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with a little parlay. Over five and a half in New York, Carolina. I don't love it. I've been burned on the over too much there. And the over six and a half in Edmonton, Calgary, I don't know if I love that spot. So I'm actually teasing both of these down. Points Bet has a pick-your-own line option within each of these games. I'm going New York, Carolina over four and a half. I think we'll finally get a little bit more offense in these games. And I'm taking Edmonton, Calgary over five and a half. You parlay these two. It's about plus 110. So I like the payout there on a little adjusted over under parlay. And for my prop today, I'm going into the New York, Carolina matchup. And I'm taking Adam Fox to pick up an assist. He's hit this mark in back-to-back games. He now has nine assists in 11 games so far during this postseason run. And you're getting an even money payout as well. So, I mean, nine assists, 11 games, even money. The math seems to add up for me. So an Adam Fox assist. And then I'm parlaying New York, Carolina over four and a half with Edmonton and Calgary over five and a half, Frank. Interesting. I don't think you've used the tease factor before. And so going to be curious to see how it works out. Good luck, Tyler. That brings us to Mike McKenna and Garbage Time. And Mike, you have an interesting take on what has sort of been an under-the-radar sort of controversial topic throughout the playoffs so far and the idea of players going for it. If the empty net is open, Frank, shoot the puck. It doesn't matter where you are on the ice. I've held this belief for my entire career, man, that if you score with the empty net, you put the game up by two and it is over it's virtually over and last night gabriel landeskog had a wide open cage look how open he is after receiving the puck off the face off he's doesn't have anybody within 25 feet of him look at the time on the clock minute 53 left if he puts this in colorado goes up by two five on three or five to three that's a lot better than four to three at that point and guess what happens st louis goes the other direction they score at the empty net it's a tie game the coaches used to say this to players all the time, get the red line, get the red line. That's scared hockey. Gabriel Landeskog can hit the net from the far blue. Are you kidding me? Shoot that puck, man. Put it in. Like, there is no shame. That is not being selfish. That is that is being smart. You put that puck in the net. Good night, Irene. I'm off my soapbox, Frank. I want to see more empty net goals. I want to see him shot from all over the ice. If Mikey Anderson, or sorry, if Rasmus Anderson could score a field goal from his own end with a goalie in the net, Landeskog can pot this one. I was just about to say Rasmus Anderson scored from the far blue with a goalie in the net. So it's eminently doable and possible. It's just been amazing to see how many playoff games so far have hinged on those exact moments. Garnet Hathaway has a chance to put a skate to the throat of the Florida Panthers. They're not able to do it and end up losing it overtime and, and their season uh, ends in, in sort of spectacular fashion. So uh, wow, uh, it's been some 
intense moments. And if you're a puck line better, it's certainly been intense moments as well. I'm sure Tyler goes with that feels like, although we haven't taken many puck lines when it comes to the playoffs, I favor the puck line for that exact reason. It feels like it's to get that last goal when you have an empty cage. But uh, playoffs, usually the games are pretty tight. Well said, Mike. Thanks to Tyler Uremchuk. Thanks to Pat Steinberg. And thanks to Mike McKenna, as well as our technical producer, Alex Allard. That's all the time that we have for today's Daily Faceoff show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis during these Stanley Cup playoffs. Enjoy the games, and we'll be back right here Friday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.